Today is Friday, February 2nd, 2024. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. How do Americans feel about the trans surgeries for kids issue? We have the details and the numbers coming up. That and more on today's podcast, where we bring you news from a Christian perspective. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating, and send us your thoughts. Quick Start Podcast at CBN.org. We love hearing from you. Joining me now to get through the news of the Cray, Billy Hallowell and Trey Gons Phillips. Guys, it's Friday. All right, we got a lot of news to get to. So what do we have? I mentioned it at the top here. We've got this uh, these numbers coming out. What are people saying? Well, we're going to look at what people are saying. I know we don't have time to get into it on the tease, but. Yeah, yeah, no, it's wild. It's it's interesting to see the breadth of Americans who are speaking out on this issue. Yeah. And I mean, just how much it's been talked about. I think maybe yeah. the numbers will surprise some people. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll get to all of that. Also on the main thing, there's more evidence showing that UNRWA from the UN there, their ties to Hamas terror groups in Gaza. It's unbelievable. I mean, this story is really shocking. And we've got more details on that coming up on the main thing. Don't forget to subscribe, if you haven't already, to our other CBN News podcasts, DC Debrief with John Stolness. New episode today. Also, Newsmakers with Billy Hallowell. One full-length interview Monday through Friday. Don't miss a second of those. And right now, we're going to get to the news in 90 seconds. A woman suffering a medical emergency on a flight has an NFL star to thank for helping potentially save her life. A user on uh, Twitter wrote that a woman on my Southwest flight from Baltimore to Phoenix this morning had a mid-flight medical emergency. And the doctor and nurse attending her couldn't find a strong pulse. They were working on her when a man popped up and said, could it be your blood sugar? I have a diabetic testing kit. It was Baltimore Ravens star tight end Mark Andrews. That ended up apparently being the issue. It helped, they helped get her stabilized and uh, she was okay after that. Andrews himself is a type one diabetic, so he's very familiar with these sorts of scenarios. Oklahoma pastor Mike Keebone has become the second person announced as a nominee for president of the SBC. Keebone's a senior pastor of First Baptist Church, and he's been nominated along with Clint Presley, who's lead pastor of Hickory Grove Baptist Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. And missionary Britt Hancock of the Ministry Mountain Gateway followed God's call to help lead mass evangelism campaigns in Nicaragua. And now he faces criminal charges from the Nicaraguan government, along with his son Jacob and his daughter-in-law, over allegations of money laundering and organized crime. They're denying these allegations, saying they're based on erroneous information. They told CBN News that the allegations come after God did amazing things in 2023 through the ministry's outreaches in the Central American country. Those are just some of today's top headlines. You can check out more over at cbnnews.com. That story, guys, is shocking. And look, obviously, we don't know all the details. We talked to them, but it's just troubling when you see a ministry get charged with this sort of thing. And we'll, we'll see how the details shake out. But they're denying all of this. They're saying that they're just engaged in ministry. And then so, so when you start having an impact, well, that puts a target on you. And, you know, we've seen other missionaries imprisoned in other countries. And so this is nothing new for them to be targeted. So if they're indeed being unfairly targeted here, this is either way, it's certainly a situation we need to be praying about.
Yeah, absolutely. And, and discernment, prayer, and being careful with assumptions when these yeah. cases unfold. We always have to be really, really, really careful on either side to just wait for the details. Yeah, especially if it's in another country, right, where they're this is not their native country and they're there doing ministry work. I think that it always raises alarm bells, like, are these charges legitimate or are they not? And they could very well be legitimate. Like, we, we don't know. But also, it's not uncommon for legal systems to take advantage of laws to persecute Christians. So that yeah. could be happening too. So yeah, I think you're right, Dan, that our, our first response should be to pray. And then, uh, like you said, Billy, just wait for the details. And, you know, with more details, we can be even more specific with how we pray that the Lord would still move regardless of what kind of chaos or trouble this might all cause. Yeah. I mean, and we're coming off this inter- international religious freedom conference that our own George Thomas was at talked about that yesterday on the podcast and included some links to a lot of the persecution that's going on around the world in different areas. And it's it's really alarming. And then you see it even starting to emerge here to, in a different sort of way here in America, which we've talked about as well. Certain t- I mean, look, we just know that Christianity is not in the catbird seat anymore here in America, right? It used to be sort of the, the favorite seat. You had favored status if you were a Christian. That's not really the case anymore. As we're seeing in popular culture, where people are even politicians, you can always kind of get a sense, guys, like where which way the winds are blowing, based on what how politicians are treating things, because they'll they'll usually go. Most of them, they don't have a backbone, will go where it's safe. And so when you see them at times criticizing, we don't need your thoughts and prayers, like you were mentioning the other day, Billy, on the gun issue. Right? We don't need thoughts and prayers. We need action and that mockery of prayers. It's just, it's just kind of an indication, just one of them. Of, of where things stand Christianity here in America. But the main point is to be praying for that around the globe, because I think as as time goes on, I don't think you're going to see Christianity get more um, popular, per se, with, with the secular, unbelieving culture. Obviously, God's going to bring people into his kingdom, so I don't mean that. But, you know, it's a, it's a tough time, and I think you're going to be a turbulent time for years to come. All right, well, we're going to head on over now to our focus story. And... There's a new survey on how Americans feel about trans treatments for kids. So what are the numbers showing here? What do we got? Yeah, so there's a new poll. It's by CRC Research. It was first shared with uh, The Daily Wire. So the CRC Research surveyed about 1,600 registered American voters, and the takeaway was 67% of them, uh, and they extrapolated from that a majority of Americans, about 67% ultimately, of course, of Americans, uh, support legislation that would ban minors from undergoing transgender surgeries or treatments. I think uh, there are obviously double mastectomies for for females transitioning to identifying as males and there have been cases of that happening with minors and then there are also puberty blocking drug hormone therapies and cross-sex hormone therapies uh, that kids have undergone I mean there's even an entire TLC show called I Am Jazz that followed a little boy uh, through the process and kind of glamorized that process of him transitioning to identifying as a her, uh, obviously still biologically, still still a male, but identifies and looks uh, like a female. So my point is, is we've done a whole lot to romanticize and glamorize this, especially when it comes to little children. It's something that the media is pushing down our throats, you know, with with increasing uh 
you know, frequency uh, and still a majority of Americans overall uh, take issue with uh, kids undergoing these kinds of treatments. So they favor a majority of Americans favor state laws being put in place to protect kids from going through these procedures, whether parents consent to them or not. They support laws that would just say, that's fine that you identify that way, that you feel that way, that you're suffering or, or struggling with, however you want to word it. You're struggling with uh, gender dysphoria or, or some sort of sexual identity issue, uh, but you should not be able to go through irreversible surgeries and therapies as a minor when you you just you cannot understand the gravity uh, of the decisions that you're making particularly when they're permanent right they can be reversed right yeah that's what i was going to say the permanent nature of these is really it's troubling that that's become a trend when a lot of people will just go along with it because that's what they're seeing be glamorized like you said and it's very very dangerous when you can't can't reverse it. You know, this is something yeah. that can't be undone. And, you know, we know that we're not mature enough to make these decisions when when we're that young. Now, obviously, we're so hyper-partisan right now. When the numbers are broken down along party lines, does it change? Is the consensus still clear? What's the deal there? Yeah, this is interesting. So of the 1,600 people that were surveyed between January 3rd and January 7th, the, the roster, I guess, of respondents, you could say, was composed of about 35% Democrats, 34% independents, and 30% Republicans. So they tried to make it as as equal uh, across the board as they could. Uh, and the majority of every single demographic agreed that laws should be in place to protect kids from transgender-related treatments, whether that be, like I said, surgeries or hormones therapies, 73% of Republicans, 71% of independents, and then 61% of Democrats uh, supported those kinds of laws being put in place in states across the country. Now, several states already have those laws, uh, but this uh, was a survey that polled Americans from many, many different states all across the U.S. So uh, certainly there were some states that don't have those kinds of laws in place, uh, but still uh, the majority, whether you're a Democrat or Republican or somewhere in between, all of them to varying degrees uh, agreed, or the majority of them, I should say, agreed that there should be laws put in place to protect children. And then also another thing we should note is 81% of voters overall uh, supported the idea that parents should be informed about conversations mm. with their children regarding gender dysphoria and transgender related matters that this survey obviously just comes off of the heels of uh, an inter interview uh, we did here at CBN News uh, about two parents in Michigan who are suing the school district that their daughter goes to because their daughter was being socially transitioned into identifying as male, obviously without their consent or knowledge whatsoever. So the fact that 81% across the board, again, Considering Republicans, Democrats, and Independents, eighty-one percent said uh, teacher uh, parents should be brought into these conversations, and that uh, uh, teachers and school administrators are not trustworthy and should not be trusted uh, alone with discussing issues as as heavy and as important as sexuality and gender identity with underage children. Yeah, and it's crazy that I mean that's even something that's being pushed in schools. Yeah, like, this right. Should be like completely out of bounds. But there just seems to be an agenda right now to, to push these ideologies to our youth, to school children, and it's that's disturbing as well. Uh, but yeah, given that interview, that's the first thing I thought of as you were going through those numbers, Trey, that uh, couple that Billy spoke to earlier in the week. 
And that's really troubling. And it's that's kind of an ideological divide, too, on who has the primary responsibility to the children. Is it the state yeah. as a whole or is it parents? And a lot of people do say it's the state. Hey, because sometimes parents aren't going to make the right decision. That's a view that a lot of people hold, whereas a lot of other people think, no, 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 parents have the ultimate say in their, you know, what their children do up until a certain age. So it, that is a, uh, that's a interesting debate we have playing out in America right now. Yeah. And it, we can break that down. Actually, the, the survey broke that d- question down in particular on uh, Republicans, independents and Democrats. Uh, 88% of Republicans said that they trusted parents over teachers and school officials to discuss these issues uh, with children. 76% of independents said the same. Uh, and then 71% of Democrats said the same about trusting mm. parents more than teachers. So still, still even though, them, yeah. yeah, even though it's fewer when it comes to Democrats, it's still uh, a clear majority says that parents are the ones that ought to be making these decisions, not teachers and government school administrators. Yeah, which makes it all the more shocking, Billy, when people sort of go outside that line and are willing to try to push that narrative that, no, 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 the schools should be the, the sole arbiters here. Uh, given what you see, even with uh, Democrats who you think maybe would be more sympathetic on that point of view, still at 71 percent. Yeah, well, I I think this is why it's so important that Christians engage on this issue in the right way, because what is happening is this is being framed as some sort of child abuse, right? That if you don't affirm this, you're abusing your children. And once abuse comes in, the government can then step in and say, oh, we're protecting this child from this. And that's why we're seeing these purported proposals out in Scotland that parents should be in prison for seven years, Mm. potentially, if they don't, you know, transition their kids. It's a very, very slippery slope. And right now people are just pouring you know soap on it and water and people are sliding right down and so we've got to be really really careful with this yeah definitely do indeed another another prayer point to put on the list the list grows longer every day but uh, that's what we need to be doing as christians but appreciate you bringing that one uh to our attention today trey on the focus story and that's gonna lead us over to the main thing now and as i mentioned earlier we have more evidence that's showing that UNRWA, the UN agency, has ties to Hamas terror groups, and actually a handful, I think it was about a dozen, may have even participated in the attack on Israel back on October 7th. Crazy, crazy stuff. Well, there's more evidence now emerging, kind of speaking to that and indicating that, and Benjamin Netanyahu's out here calling for this part of the UN to be disbanded. And CBN's Julie Stahl has the details on this, along with commentary from our own Gordon Robertson. That's today's main thing. Israeli soldiers in Khan Yunus discovered weapons hidden inside bags belonging to UNRWA as they destroyed an Islamic Jihad workshop for building weapons. Inside the bags were Kalashnikov rifles and hand grenades. This discovery adding more evidence of UNRWA's relationship with terror groups. A number of countries temporarily stopped aid to the organization after Israel presented evidence that some 1,200 UNRWA workers are affiliated with terror groups in Gaza and that 12 UNRWA workers participated in the Hamas massacre on October 7th. UNRWA is totally infiltrated with Hamas. It has been in the service of Hamas, in its schools, and in many other things. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu met with a delegation of U.N. ambassadors who came to see for themselves the evidence of the attack on Israel. I say this with great regret 
because we hoped that there would be uh, an objective and constructive body to offer aid. We need such a, uh, a body today in uh, Gaza. The UNRWA is not that body. It has to be replaced by some organization or organizations that will do that job. Meanwhile, the U.S. is keeping up the push for a Palestinian state as a solution to the conflict ahead of Secretary of State Blinken's visit to Israel this week. We are actively pursuing the establishment of an independent Palestinian state with real security guarantees for Israel because we do believe that is the best way to bring about lasting peace and security for Israel, for Palestinians and for the region. That principle was enshrined in the Oslo Accords between Israel and the Palestine Liberation Organization 30 years ago, but it's a non-starter for Israel today. Legal analyst Maurice Hirsch says the accords never had a chance because the Palestinians didn't consider them peace agreements. The PLO never gave up on what it said was its 10-point plan. This was a plan that it adopted already in the 1970s that says we will take any territory given to us and then use that territory as a basis to continue attacking Israel and to bring about its ultimate demise. Meanwhile, National Security Council spokesman John Kirby told the Jewish Federation that hostage negotiations are going in the right direction as both sides consider a proposal for an extended ceasefire and phased return of the hostages. Julie Stahl, CBN News, Jerusalem. Let me add yet another history lesson to this piece, and that is what happened in 2004. So this is under the Bush administration. Great hope that if Israel would withdraw from Gaza, Israel had invaded, had taken over because of the number of terror attacks coming out of Gaza. So Israel agreed to give up and completely withdraw. In addition, they evacuated every Jewish person in Gaza. About 8,000 people had to leave their homes, their businesses. They had to leave. In the aftermath of that, the Bush administration thought, well, we'll have free and open elections and an Arab Spring will, will, will burst forth and the Palestinian people will want peace and, and they'll want to dwell in peace with Israel after Israel has done such a wonderful thing of withdrawing and, and giving over to them their land. What did the people of Gaza do? They elected Hamas. We have to keep these lessons in mind. Until the ideology changes, all we're doing is throwing money at a problem that continues to use that money as fuel for more terror attacks. Please understand this. This isn't something brand new. It's been going on for 75 years. How long do, does the international community have some kind of responsibility for paying for refugees? They're no longer refugees. They're being put into these refugee camps as a prop. They're being manipulated by their own leaders. They could have had a hope. They could have had a future. They could have had a life. All of the money spent in Gaza could have been put into water systems, into power systems into things that would make their uh, people happy, that would provide progress and prosperity for everyone in Gaza. What did they do with it? Well, they built rockets and tunnels and, and, and thought of ways to kill Jews. We should never fund that. And until the ideology changes, um, people in Gaza shouldn't come with their hand out to anybody. All right, thanks for that report, Julie, and the commentary from Gordon Robertson. And if, if you want to check out his commentary, you can find that 
uh, on the 700 Club on our news segment, the news on the 700 Club, where the CBN News team is featured on the 700 Club. And also you can find that segment on the CBN News YouTube channel, which the link to that is always in the description to every podcast episode. All right. That's going to leave us with time here on our Friday episode for one last thing. Proverbs 2.11, discretion will protect you and understanding will guard you. And those are things that are promised to us when we seek God's wisdom. And there's a lot of stories today that we talked about that point (laughs) us to the need for God's wisdom. Yeah, no, absolutely. And even just discretion, you know, protecting you. Like, Like, think about what you're going to do or say before you do it. I see many times and many interactions from adults down on. And, you know, of course, I stumble too. But where we don't use discretion and it ends up just making things worse. Yeah. I think, you know, pausing to God gave us a mind for a reason, pausing to think yeah. about things before we say them or we do them, I think is, is always a good idea. <laughs> I think, especially idea. in this day and age when social media kind of pushes us to make oh, major yeah. comments. Got to have an opinion and be an expert on everything. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right. Hey, that's going to do it for this Friday edition of the quick start podcast. We're so glad you're here. We appreciate appreciate each and every one of you getting through the news of the cray with the three of us and uh, and Madison Seals as well. So, Lord willing, that creek don't rise on us. We shall return Monday with more. God bless. We'll see you then.